Now is the time and wherever you are is the place. The Citadel makes it easier to earn your degree by offering master's degrees, graduate certificates, and undergraduate degree completion programs that are entirely online. Flexible scheduling makes these programs convenient for working professionals. Online classes are held to the same high standards that consistently name the Citadel the number one master's granting public college in the South. The Citadel. Online. On your time. Visit citadel.edu slash online. Good morning, Orlando. Monday morning. Hope you had a fabulous weekend. So glad you're with us here on the Martin Luther King Day edition of Good Morning Orlando here at 6 o'clock. Our first check of the news, weather, and traffic for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning police across, people across the country celebrate the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and the FCC is talking about the false alarm in Hawaii. Details coming up in one minute. And I'm talking live with a Hawaii resident about what it was like for those terrifying 38 minutes over the weekend. It's next on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio 1025. Today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and there are events across Central Florida to mark the occasion. The annual Arthur Pappy Kennedy Prayer Breakfast is at 745 this morning at the First Baptist Church of Orlando. The city of Orlando is having a day of service today in honor of the occasion. There's a unity parade and celebration in Ocoee, a unity heritage festival in Winter Park, as well as parades in Oviedo and Apopka. There's also a vigil tonight at Rollins College in Winter Park. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Federal Communications Commission says the false emergency alert sent to Hawaiians about an incoming missile is absolutely unacceptable. The FCC issued a rare Sunday statement saying Saturday's warning across the state caused a wave of panic made worse by the 38-minute delay before they issued a correction alert. Hawaii's emergency management agency mistakenly sent a text message to Hawaiians Saturday morning warning of an incoming ballistic missile. The FCC went on to say false alerts undermine public confidence in the alert system and reduce their effectiveness in a real emergency. It's pure terror. People thought they had moments to live. Oh, absolutely. When Stories in... of people hiding. and Oh, yeah. Stuffing their kids down manhole mm-hmm. covers. They're hoping that they might survive somehow a nuclear attack they believe was imminent. Uh, we're going to talk live with a, with a family man out in Hawaii I happen to have connections with in just a moment to tell his story, and we'll hear from others who were terrified by this mistake about which we will talk a great deal this morning. Yeah, it's it's unimaginable. President Donald Trump is not sure Democrats want to make a deal on DACA. The president told reporters that Republicans are ready to make a deal. We are ready, willing, and able to make a deal, but they don't want to. They don't want security at the border. We have people pouring in. They don't want security at the border. They don't want to stop drugs. And they want to take money away from our military, which we cannot do. DACA is a sticking point in ongoing budget negotiations. If a budget deal isn't reached by January 19th, it will trigger a government shutdown. The president says he doesn't know if there will be a shutdown, but he added that there shouldn't be one because it would hurt the military. And a casino ferry boat goes up in flames in the Gulf of Mexico just off Pasco County Sunday sending dozens of passengers leaping into the cold water near the shore. The boat was headed to an offshore ship for legal gambling when it caught fire. The captain grounded the boat as close to land as he could. Several people were treated for smoke inhalation, chest pain, and other minor injuries. 
cause of the fire is still under investigation. That thing went up in flames as though it had been hit by a torpedo in wartime. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible that everybody survived that, isn't it? It really is. It was a massive fire. That's that's my hometown. I've been on that boat before. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it hit pretty close to home. <laughs> WFLA News Time now, 6.05. Chelsea Manning files to run for the U.S. Senate in Maryland. Get the details right now at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Tom. Tom Alexander in. Deb is off today. She'll be back with us tomorrow. Yaffe in the control room producing the show. Stephanie is screening our phone lines, 407-916-5400. If you want to text us on the 50,000-watt front porch, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. As I say, it was absolute terror for nearly 40 minutes on the, on, in the Hawaiian Islands on Saturday morning when suddenly on the television screens, on cell phone screens, an alert came over saying that this is the real thing. We got an incoming missile. This is not an alert. Can you imagine what it was like? Here are some of the people with their reactions on Hawaii. It was the worst 20 minutes of my life. I thought that was the end. Kids are crying, and nobody really knew what to do. We were kind of frantic. I called my mom. She wouldn't let me hang up on the phone with her. She said, I want to be here just in case it happens, and it was really sad. Amazing. This all because an employee who feels just horrible about this and has been reassigned but not fired, apparently, this morning, uh, was doing a routine test during a shift change at the Emergency Management Agency in Hawaii. This is at a state level, not a federal level, and he mistakenly hit the live alert button. Can you imagine, gang? Wow. What a horrifying mistake to make. I uh, just, I, I, you know, we all make mistakes from time to time, but that's a pretty big one. You're not kidding it is, Yaffe. I'm telling you. You know, it's kind of bad, though, that it only takes one button, really. Yeah. You'd think there would be a little bit more safeguards in place than just accidentally pushing a button and <laughs> yeah, that's and it causes is a people to panic. That's that's what's standing between us and an alert is just one finger and one button. Yeah, I got to tell you, we will uh, get into exactly how this happened. I mean, and it's amazing to me that we don't have a better, you know, fail-safe system than we apparently do, certainly out in Hawaii, where with the situation with North Korea, if there's any state in the union that needs it, it's it's Hawaii, for mm-hmm. goodness sakes. Um I happen to have connections to uh, a lawyer and a family man by the name of Brent Tobin who lives in Honolulu, and I connected with him yesterday, and I said, how are you doing? And he said, we got through it okay, but it was pretty scary. I asked him if he'd come on and tell his story, and he has agreed to do it. It is five hours earlier there than it is here, so kudos to my old buddy Brett. He'll be on the 50,000-watt front porch at what is just after 1 a.m. his time in Hawaii in just a moment. So stay tuned for that live interview. And if you'd like to win $1,000, anybody, just stay tuned right now for our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Listen for the keyword of the hour. Text the word to 200-200. You could win 1000 bucks. We're live to Hawaii right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, and I'll do that for you as always in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. One of those residents of Hawaii joins us now from his home in Honolulu. He's a pretty cool customer, but this shook my guest, Brett Tobin, and his family to their core, no question about it. 
uh, full disclosure, Brett happens to be the son of my college roommate, and uh, and I really do appreciate making the connection after so many years with you, Brett. Welcome to Good Morning Orlando here in in sunny Florida. Good morning. Well, good good morning, Bud. How are you? Oh well, I'm doing all right. I want to know how you're doing, and I want to hear your story because I know that you were helping your daughter get ready to play a soccer game when suddenly your smartphone lit up with this alert. Tell us what yeah. happened for with you and your yeah. family. Yeah, that's right. So I, I got the alert on the on the phone, and, you know, it's one of those things that takes a second to kind of register that, you know, is this really happening? Um, and so as we were gathering, you know, I was setting up for a soccer game, gathered the girls together with some other parents, and uh, we all uh, got into, um, like, a public restroom. There was a concrete structure there. It's a local park. Um, and so both teams of, a, of an under-12 soccer game and everybody's in there and um you know it was it was scary obviously everybody was a little on edge and and not really sure how to react and that was the the safest place we could we could get to um in in the short amount of time that we thought we might have because we've been told 15 minutes is about um is about the window so you don't have a lot of time to, to do a whole lot you were really on some level entertaining the idea that these might be your final moments Sure. I mean, you, I think you have to, although I, I guess, you know, I, I, I have to admit, I don't think that that really registered with me fully. Um, you know, I was focused on getting us into a place where we could be as safe as we could and, and doing whatever I could. Um, and then, you know, my other daughter was at a sleepover with a friend, and so she had called me, and I spoke with her briefly, and she was pretty upset. And, um, you know, I first was focused on, okay, well, make sure you, you know, follow the mm-hmm. directions of the parents, stay safe. Um, and then I was about to get off the phone, and she said, "Well, Dad, I love you," <laughs> and that was when it really hit home because I just said, "Oh yeah, wow, you know, is this the last time I'm going to talk to my my kids?" So, oh my goodness! And then you reached out, of course, to loved ones who were here on the U.S. mainland as well, right? I mean, they're wondering, "My sure. goodness, what's about to happen to you in Hawaii?" Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I texted a girlfriend who's uh, who's in Alabama now, taking care of some stuff uh, with some, with her family. And um, yeah, I mean, we had, had sort of a similar conversation with with her. And you know, it's hard to know what to what to do with that amount of time that you have, and and, and what to say, and, and how to react. Um, you know, I, I think it for for a while it didn't really seem real. You know, and I, I yeah. think you know that that's sort of I guess that's a natural reaction. But certainly there was a lot of commotion and people kind of running around and one one of the parents took his daughter and they just left you know got in the car and and left because they would they they needed they wanted to be somewhere else i guess of course now in retrospect brett we know that it was 38 minutes before the word went out there is no threat tell me what it was like when that popped up on your phone screen well yeah actually it's kind of funny because um you know there was i we kind of got word earlier than that. So that was when the, the official all clear sign came across on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but through social media and things like that, I think Tulsi Gabbard had, had put out a message on Twitter that said... Yeah, that the congresswoman out there w- from whom we will hear more later in this half hour. So you, you didn't have to wait the full 38 minutes to find out that, hey, looks like we're going to have an all clear here. Yeah, that was probably about 18 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. uh, after the after the alert. So at that point, we kind of said, well, you know, and, and also at that point, you're past the 15-minute window, so you're like, well, I guess <laughs> I guess this hasn't happened, and none no, of the sirens had gone off, which are, were supposed to go off. There had been no follow-up messages, and so we just kind of got our things together and went about our day. We played the game, so. 
My goodness. Uh, now, how is the how, how are the Hawaiian Islands reacting? What about the officials there? The governor has apologized, et cetera. How are you folks feeling about this in retrospect, that you have a system where, where just a simple, honest mistake could send a million and a half people into a panic? Yeah, well, I think people are very upset, and I think they should be. Um, I think it's a, it's a mistake that just absolutely could not and should not ever happen. Um, and I think we're lucky in the sense that there weren't, I haven't heard any stories of, you know, traffic accidents or people getting hurt running from place to place as a result of this. And I think we're very lucky um, that, that that didn't occur. But people are upset, and I, I think they should be. And, you know, I, I just... There's got to be more feel safe. <laughs> There's just no excuse for something like that happening. And then worse yet, I mean, it's bad enough to make the mistake, but then to not be able to put people's minds at ease for another 38 minutes yeah. is also inexcusable, I think. When we talked before this live interview, uh, Brett, I'm talking with Brett Tobin, who lives out in Ho- Honolulu, Hawaii here. You told me that it has caused you to look at your world and the simple things somewhat differently in the wake of Saturday morning. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it's like any sort of incident like that, a brush with death or whatever it is, I guess, it just it does cause you to appreciate and feel grateful for what you have and, and what you've been given um, and, and to hug your kids a little tighter and, mm. uh, and to, you know, breathe the air in a little deeper and, and just sort of feel thankful because, you know, at any, at any time that could come for any of us for any reason, whether it's a missile or something else. Absolutely right. Brett, thank you so much for your time. It is just after 1 o'clock in the morning out there uh, in Hawaii, and I so appreciate you staying up super late to share your story with all of us here on the 50,000-watt front porch throughout the Florida Peninsula and really around the world on iHeartRadio here on Good Morning Orlando on WFLA. It means a lot. Thank you, and, uh, and I wish you well, Brett. It was my pleasure. Have a great day. Take care. Haven't seen this guy in years. Remember him well when he was a kid growing up, and his folks, Rich and Nan Tobin, live up in um, in Pennsylvania and remain great, great friends um, uh, to this day. Rich and I were freshman roommates at Colgate University. We remember when Brett came into the world, and we're we're glad we're glad that that world is still as it was um, in the wake of what turned out to be an absolutely terrifying false alarm in Hawaii. I have another connection to. Um, uh, a resident of Hawaii, and I'll share that live interview with you in our 7 o'clock hour. In a moment, I'm going to tell you more about how we now know all of this came to be, this frightening false alarm of a missile incoming. Of course, with what's going on with North Korea, you can imagine how on edge everybody would be, particularly in Hawaii, far closer to, um, to North Korea than the rest of us here on the mainland. So we'll get to all of that in a moment, and we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as always in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. All right, let's get into this false missile attack alert in Hawaii. Um, first of all, I can tell you, and, and Brett Tobin, my friend from Honolulu, who was on with us live in our first segment, for those of you who are just tuning in this morning, um, he said that uh, they did get a word uh, online from their Democrat Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard uh, before the 38 minutes had elapsed, okay? Uh, Her word was, no, 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 this is not the real deal. This is a false alarm. But it didn't take Gabbard long to make sure she played politics because if you're a Democrat, Trump is to blame 
for everything. Listen to her comments and the first two seconds whose name comes up. Our leaders have failed us. Donald Trump is taking too long. He's not taking this threat seriously, and there's no time to waste. We've got to get rid of this nuclear threat from North Korea. We've got to achieve peace, not play politics, but achieve peace, because this is literally life and death that is at stake for the people of Hawaii and the people of this country. Unbelievable. The president wasn't acting quickly enough. First of all, this was not a federal breach of security. It was a state system that failed. The president says we're going to get involved in investigating this. We're going to make sure systems are in place that are most certainly more sophisticated and 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 more secure than the one they have out in Hawaii. I mean, it's unforgivable what happened out there. You have to understand that's a, that's basically a one-party state. Ultra-liberal Democrat-dominated state. And this is a state failure by officials who are almost exclusively Democrat. And Tulsi Gabbard knows that. But if you can blame Trump and you're a Democrat, by God, you're going to do it. So how did this happen? Fox News has put this together after conversations with a spokesperson for the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency. First of all, we can tell you that the employee, we don't know his name, who who made the mistake here, issued the alert. He's been temporarily reassigned but not fired. He will still work at the Emergency Operations Center but in a different capacity that does not provide access to the warning system. That seems to make sense. Um, At any rate, um, here's what happened. The unnamed employee was doing a routine test during a shift change, and he mistakenly hit the live alert button. Rather than triggering a test of the system, it went into actual event mode. To trigger the alert, believe it or not, it's so simple. There is a two-step process involving only one employee who triggers the alarm, then also confirms it. And when you hit the first button, on the screen it comes up and says, "This is." there's a screen that says, are you sure you want to do this? So you say, nah, nah, I don't want to do that. But he confirmed the alert. He hit it wrong. He meant to hit one way to say, no, 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 of course we don't want to do this. But he hit it in, in, inadvertently, sending out the alert of, the, uh, of the, the incoming missile, causing panic in a state that's already on edge over the North Korean threat. Unbelievable. The guy feels terrible about it as well he should, but the problem is... This system, it's unbelievable how unsophisticated that is, particularly in a state like Hawaii that bears a greater threat from North Korea than any state on the mainland, for God's sake. But it is not Trump's fault. Is Trump a racist? We'll be exploring that, by the way, in the next half hour on MLK Day. Courtney, thank you. In for Deborah Roberts on this MLK Day 2018. Tom Alexander to talk about events of this holiday. Tom? Morning, bud. Americans are marking the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. today. Derek Kayongo is the CEO of the National Center for Civil and Human Rights in Atlanta, which is an organization providing a forum for education, discovery, and ongoing discussions on injustices that impact everyone. He says Dr. King's teachings are something young people today can learn a lot from. 
his whole approach was the Gandhi approach because he was inspired by Gandhi, who was also a nonviolent man who stood strong and courageous in front of our opposition. That particular work is what we want to inspire our young to understand. The Center for Civil and Human Rights says events like those in Ferguson, Missouri, and the Black Lives Matter movement have brought a renewed focus to the teachings of Dr. King. He says the center is working to inspire young people to embrace nonviolence and inclusivity. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The House of Representatives committee that's investigating alleged Russian interference in last year's election, calling former Trump campaign manager Corey Lewandowski to testify. Lewandowski told WABC yesterday that he's happy to testify and that he did not collude with Russia to influence the election. Pope Francis is facing threats ahead of his visit to Chile. Three Catholic churches there were bombed last week. A message left at one church said the next bombs would be in the Pope's cassock, the full-length garment the Pope wears. Chile is guaranteeing the Pope's safety during his visit, which begins today. And there are four NFL teams left in the playoffs after this weekend's divisional round. The Minnesota Vikings beat the New Orleans Saints 29-24 yesterday on a 61-yard touchdown pass from Case Keenum to Stephon Diggs as time expired. They'll face the Philadelphia Eagles in next weekend's NFC Championship game. Philadelphia beat the Atlanta Falcons 15-10 on Saturday. In the AFC, former UCF and Oviedo High quarterback Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars pulled a big upset of the Pittsburgh Steelers in a wild 45-42 game yesterday. They'll face the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game next weekend. The Patriots dominated the Tennessee Titans Saturday 35-14. Both title games are on Sunday. Bud, your Patriots' seventh and AFC title game in a row. Now? I just wanted to hear somebody else say that. Thank you very much. That was the only game that wasn't close. Yeah, he's really got was. this. Bud's got this big smile on his face. All he's had it he's all a morning. Spring in his step. You're lucky. I'm showing some decorum and some discipline. I'm not wearing my Tom Brady jersey yeah, here I was this shocked. morning. And I'll wait for the Super Bowl on that, <laughs> assuming they win. And I don't know. I think they're in pretty good shape. I'll tell you, the other three games were just absolutely incredible. They were they were just awesome to watch. Yeah, down to the wire, all of them. Oh, my goodness. And uh, just the ending to the to the Vikings-Saints game is one for the ages. You know, the broadcasters are saying they've never seen anything quite like it. Four lead changes in the last three minutes mm-hmm. and, a, and a walk-off bomb, yeah. desperation bomb at the end that gives the victory to the Vikings in their home stadium. Wow. I have a friend who's a really big Vikings fan and has for a long time, and I had to text him yesterday after the game just to make sure he didn't you know, have a coronary or anything. <laughs> I'm exhausted from watching these games this weekend. Did uh, Steph, did you're a big football fan, Florida Gators mostly because she's an alum. Yes. Did you get a chance to watch some NFL? I actually did last night when I was at Bahama Breeze. For a little while, I saw the end of the game, and oh my God, it was crazy. My brother was flipping out. He wanted the Saints to win so bad. Yeah, but the early game was amazing. How many points that the Jaguars from Jacksonville put up on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh? They beat them again there, like they beat them during the regular season. It was close, but it was flat out unbelievable. It was amazing. It's destiny because Bortles is from UCF. Yes. UCF went undefeated. Yes. So now Bortles is going to take them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's, it's destiny. It's the year of UCF. Yeah, exactly. At all levels. Sorry your Patriots are going to have to lose. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. I got to tell you, from the stick standpoint as a, as a dyed-in-the-wool Patriots fan, I'm really glad that somehow the Falcons didn't win the game against the Eagles and sneak back into the Super Bowl to get revenge 
from the greatest comeback of all time when the Patriots beat them after they were up on the Patriots 28-3 in the Super Bowl last year. And I'm glad the Jags beat the Steelers because the Steelers were already thinking about getting revenge on the Patriots that always knock them out of the playoffs. Right. So now we don't have to worry about that. But the Jags are tough. You never know what's going to happen, but it's going to be quite an upcoming weekend here with those two games on Sunday. It'll wow. be exciting to watch. This really is why, exciting. despite all of their problems, the National Football League is king when it comes to sports in this country. That was just flat-out phenomenal entertainment all Saturday and all Sunday. Yeah. And I don't know of any other sport that can do that. Amazing. It's, yeah, Amazing. That's why it's still the most popular sport in the country. Yeah, you bet. Thanks a lot. appreciate it. Let me talk a little football here. About my Patriots. That was, I'm telling you, I mean, that was the only game that wasn't close, but early on, the, you know, the Titans had scored. And I thought, okay, what's going on here? And I said, okay, uh, Belichick solved the problem. And he did, like he always does. <laughs> Tom will catch you with more news here in for Deborah Roberts this morning, top and bottom of the hour, all morning long on Good Morning Orlando News, whenever it breaks, of course. Now, in a moment, it pains me to think that on MLK Day, we're talking about whether the President of the United States is a racist, but he is defending himself against exactly those charges by those, of course, who think they found another way to destroy him and his presidency. So we'll get into that here in a moment, and I'm going to make the case that if you are black, you ought to be more into Trump backing than Trump bashing. Let me make the case here in a moment, and I want you to listen when I do. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming up here in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Those of you wondering what happened to Gina Cervetti from the Bloomberg Newsroom with the daily Bloomberg Business Report at 635, uh, they are all off today in observance of MLK Day. Um, I'm going to make the case here in a moment that particularly if you're a member of a minority in this country, you really ought to rethink the incessant Trump bashing and be open to some Trump backing. More on that in a moment. And it does pain me to think that we have a president of the United States defending himself against charges that he is a racist on Martin Luther King Day. But that's exactly what we have here. Now, to an extent, the president brought it on himself with the quotes, which he says are misquotes, and I don't know where the truth lies there, at that meeting on on immigration reform with top Republican and Democrat leaders last week, where he said, when they were saying, you know, we, we, we want more accommodation with immigration for people in these destitute, impoverished countries like Haiti and Africa coming into this country. And he said, well, wait a minute. Why do we need to bring in more people from these blank hole countries, okay, which are almost all black? Why can't we have more people come into this country from countries like Norway, almost all white? Suddenly, aha, he's a racist. We knew it with the birth of thing and Obama's birth certificate and other things over the years, and this reaffirms it. He's a racist. And if you charge somebody with being a racist in this country, in this current climate, I mean, it, it, it sticks, whether it should or not, and it can be incredibly damaging. And the political opposition out to destroy this president and this presidency absolutely knows that. 
So they are running hard, harder than ever with the charges that Donald Trump is, in fact, a racist. All he was making in a very awkward way and politically damaging way, but I don't think in a racist way, was that we as a sovereign nation have a constitutional right to determine who gets into this country when they're not citizens of this country. And we need to choose pools of people who are going to be a benefit to this country and not be a drain on our social services and welfare because they can't make it on their own because of the background they've come from in their countries of origin. That's a legitimate political point. But now all you hear is the president's a racist on MLK Day. And a guy who marched with Martin Luther King back in the civil rights days in the 1960s, Georgia Congressman John Lewis, he was all over Trump the racist this weekend. The words and his action tend to speak like one who knows something about being a racist it must be in, in his DNA. I do not plan to attend uh, the State of the Union. Yeah, and on the issue of the State of the Union, here's Trump hater Maxine Waters, the California congresswoman, always screaming, impeach 45. The United States of America is represented by the most despicable human being that could possibly ever walk the earth. I don't trust him. I don't appreciate him. And I wouldn't waste my time sitting in that house listening to what he has to say. No State of the Union for Maxine. Wow. Of all the human beings, Yaffe, you've ever walked the earth, Trump is the most despicable. Yep. Of all of them. We have 7 billion of us in the planet now. And, and many, many billion before us, of all of them, he is the most despicable. He is more despicable than Adolf Hitler, Mao Zedong, Joseph Stalin. Wow. Uh, I and don't even know how to respond. And, of course, he's a, and of course, he's a racist. I'm going to make the case here in just a moment, first of all, that I don't believe this president is a racist. I think he does some awkward things occasionally that people take and run with and brand him as a racist. I do not think he's a racist. Over the weekend at Mar-a-Lago, the president said when he was interviewed, I am the least racist person you will ever interview. But the opposition that wants to destroy him thinks they've really got a weapon here uh, in the wake of what he said last week about those blank hole countries. I will make the case that these minorities are ignoring all of the amazing benefits that they are enjoying Because Donald Trump is president, let me make the case here in a moment for more Trump backing and less Trump bashing, particularly among minorities in this country. Good morning to you. Glad you're with us here on this Martin Luther King Day holiday. Not a holiday for us. Um, we're going all going the distance, going live. We got important things to talk about related to the false uh, missile attack alert in Hawaii that was so terrifying for so many. And we'll talk with a resident of Hawaii that I've connected with, who is uh, willing to uh, have a conversation with the Bud Man there in what is the dead of night for them. And that will be coming up at about ten after seven. I recommend you stick with us if you possibly can. Um, you know. I don't know how many members of minority communities, black, Hispanic, Asian, or whatever, happen to be listening to me this morning. I have no idea. There's no way for me to know that. But I I just wish with all my heart that they would all, because so many of them don't like this president, 
and are buying in, I think, with so many others that he essentially is a racist. I don't think he is. He denies it. Um, this whole debate now has, has just exponentially uh, risen in intensity after that uh, situation in the meeting last week that we talked about, the blank hole countries comment, etc. cetera. Uh, but at any rate, under Obama, the first black president, I mean, blacks in particular thought, my God, the world is going to be great. He's going to, you know, I'm not going to have to pay for my cell phone. He's going to pay for my mortgage. I remember all of that. Remember that when he was elected? Obama was not good news for black America. In terms of them trying to catch up and catch a break in the economy in the United States. But under Trump, conditions for minorities have gotten unbelievably better by any measure. The latest evidence of that, and I've talked about this before, and why is it that despite that, that minorities, blacks in particular, will not say anything positive about Donald Trump? People vote with their wallet. If you vote with your wallet in economic conditions, you ought to be considering backing Trump, not bashing him all the time. The Labor Department reported Friday's unemployment rate for African Americans fell to 6.8% in December. 6.8%. It was double digits throughout the Obama presidency for the most part. This is the lowest unemployment rate for black Americans since record-keeping began in 19... 1972. Think about that. Hispanic unemployment, near a record low now of 4.9%. The Asians often have a low unemployment rate. It's never been lower since 2006 than it is now, 2.5% unemployment there. National unemployment rate down to 4.1%, matching the lowest level in 17 years. And in terms of percentage improvement of the employment picture in America, no one is benefiting more than the minorities in America. And the numbers for black America are stunning. Would a president who is racist and quietly, secretly despises minorities, blacks in particular, would he be instituting policies of deregulation, tax relief, that are ex- of extraordinary benefit to these minorities? Of course he wouldn't. Be thinking beyond the headlines from the anti-Trump forces that are out there. And consider, particularly as a minority, thanking this president and backing this president for your improved situation under him that you did not have under Obama instead of bashing him all the time. Anthony and Kissimmee, very quickly, is Trump a racist or not? Uh, no, of course he's not. Good morning, but of course he's not. So, I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing. Um, don't forget, they did say that he removed the MLK bust from the White House. That was false. So I don't know why people believe he said... I thought that, was, that, a, that, I thought that was a Churchill bust that they... Uh, that, uh, no, oh, that, that was no, Obama. Church, church, that's no, right. That was with Obama. Yep, 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 you're right, Obama. you're right. MLK was with uh, yeah. Trump. They said he removed it. No, he did not. That was not true. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why people believe this stuff in the news. I mean, I don't know why people believe that uh, he said the things he said about Haiti, which the Democrats have done absolutely nothing themselves, especially Hillary Clinton. 
Yeah, um, well, and, and again, and I've, and I've analyzed exactly what that comment was really all about, and it made a legitimate political point. Thank you. I wish we could talk more, but I just took a look at the clock here, and I am running late. In for Deb this morning, Tom Alexander with our news on folks across the country observing um, Dr. Martin Luther King Day and a busy week ahead out at uh, the Cape. More coming up. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. It is Monday at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. And on this Martin Luther King Day 2018, we greet you at 7 o'clock with an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning people across the country celebrate the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and a busy week ahead at Cape Canaveral. Details coming up in one minute. And in this half hour of Good Morning Orlando, I'm talking live with a resident of Hawaii with his story of the terrifying false missile attack alert. Stay with us on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 1025. There are events across Central Florida today to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The city of Orlando is having a day of service today in honor of the occasion. There are also celebrations in Ocoee and Winter Park, as well as parades in Ocoee, Oviedo, and Apopka. In Brevard County, programs start this morning at 9.30 with a peace march in Melbourne. We'll go from the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Public Library on University Boulevard to the Civic Auditorium. Titusville is also holding a parade at 11, and a peace march will be held at 2 o'clock in Cocoa. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A new wave of cold Arctic air is expected to hit the south later today. That storm could bring as much as two inches of snow from Arkansas into Tennessee, with snow and ice possible across parts of Texas, Alabama, Louisiana, and Mississippi. Temperatures will likely fall below freezing for much of the region. This winter weather comes after a record cold snap that left roads a mess. The cold front will head east across the southeast Tuesday and Wednesday. The Florida House of Representatives ended the first week of its legislative session by passing the Sanctuary Cities Bill. Representative Larry Metz of Yalaha says it will force lo- yeah, Yahala, sorry, says it will force local governments to honor federal immigration law. We want to make sure that people know if they're going to come to Florida that they need to have legal status. We don't want to see more people coming into the country illegally. We want to have them use the legal system. So the right way to do that is to enforce the rule of law for purposes of our national sovereignty and our national security. Critics of the bill say it violates the state and federal constitutions. They believe the real purpose is to give Republicans some red meat for this year's political campaigns. And it's a busy week at Cape Canaveral. SpaceX is scheduled to test fire the engines on its Falcon Heavy rocket this afternoon. Later in the week, United Launch Alliance plans to launch an Atlas V rocket from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. It will carry an Air Force satellite designed to detect missiles for the U.S. military. That launch window opens at 7.32 p.m. on Thursday. And news of its closing is making a Seminole County store popular with shoppers. The Fern Park Sam's Club in Castleberry was packed over the weekend after Walmart announced it would close the store later this month. Shoppers are drawn to the sales. Right now, everything is 25% off. That discount is expected to double to 50% very soon. I understand they had a problem there because some of the uh, members of the staff didn't show up for work knowing there was no future, you know, so that that was kind of a downside of that experience apparently for a lot of folks didn't have the service that they might normally expect but love the prices. Yeah, definitely and I imagine it'll be crowded from now until it's closing its doors. Yeah. 
WFLA News Time now is 7.06. Facebook stands to lose $23 billion after making changes to its news feed. You can get the details about that right now at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. $21,000. Stay tuned. Moments from now, it's our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest, brand new with the new year. Listen for the keyword of the hour, then text that word right away to 200 200. Somebody could win $1,000, and it might as well be you. Tom Alexander in for Deb, bringing us the news this morning. Yaffe's producing, Stephanie is screening, and boy, what do you think it might have been like? Have you been thinking about it as I have? To have been in Hawaii on Saturday morning when suddenly, out of nowhere, on television screens and smartphone screens, these words appeared. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Not until 38 minutes later was this false alarm triggered by a wrong button hit by an emergency preparedness employee. Did the word go out, no missile threat to Hawaii? Here are some of the folks who will never forget those terrifying 38 minutes. It was the worst 20 minutes of my life. I thought that was the end. Kids are crying, and nobody really knew what to do. We were kind of frantic. I called my mom. She wouldn't let me hang up on the phone with her. She said, I want to be here just in case it happens, and it was really sad. It's 2 o'clock in the morning out in Hawaii, but I am very, very thankful that we have a man who is willing to talk to me from Hawaii live about his experience uh, Kevin Wheeler is on the uh, hotline on the 50,000-watt front porch. Kevin, I'll get with you here in just a moment. You'll want to hear his story for sure. And we'll have that in Orlando's news. Weather and traffic will be updated as well in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. First on the Hawaii false missile attack alert story, we want to get a firsthand account from a resident of the islands here. Kevin Wheeler is joining us. He used to live in Orlando. He happens to be married to an old classmate of my... Um, of my son, Brad, at Orangewood Christian School, Holly Green, who's the daughter of the late and legendary preacher at Orangewood Church, uh, Chuck Green. Kevin, it's just after 2 a.m. I cannot thank you enough for staying up so late to join us with your story from Hawaii. Good morning, and welcome to Good Morning Orlando. Uh, Good morning. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm doing okay. My question is, how are you and your family doing and uh, tell us exactly what this experience was like for you folks Saturday morning and how it came down. Uh, we're, we're okay. Um, it was definitely uh, scary when it happened. Um, shock at first, just not knowing what to do. You know, we got we got the alert, and uh, Holly and I were sitting kind of just watching TV. And it first came through, I kind of chuckled because I'd, I'd never seen anything like that before. And, and Holly asked me, two or three times because she didn't have her phone on her. Are you serious? Are you serious? And I said, yes. And so uh, we kind of got up, got a, got got dressed, um, grabbed my son, uh, Kaysen, and then my daughter, Karis, she was actually down the street at a sleepover. How, how old um, are your kids, Kevin? Uh, eight and six. Okay. Go ahead. And so grabbed them, uh, grabbed him, and then she's like, go get, go get Karis. And uh, so I went outside and, and headed that way, and we live – where we live is it's a pretty heavy military community in our neighborhood. And uh, she's like, I'll go next door and see what, see what our neighbors are doing. And so 
at that point, I uh, I went past the neighbors, and they were – he's a lieutenant colonel in the Army, and they were running out of the house, and he looked right at me, and he said, you got 10 minutes, go to the tunnel. And so I sprinted down the, uh, the road there, and Holly was yelling at me, go, because she saw the wife. Uh, grabbed Karis and sprinted back, and then we – we took off towards the tunnel. When you say the tunnel, what is this? Is this a, a particular place that people would go if there were some kind of a threat that you're trained to go? What is that exactly? There's there's three tunnels that go through the uh, mountain range, the Kualau mountain range. Got it. Um, Got highway. It. Um, so we, we headed that way and, and uh, had no shoes. None of the kids had shoes, completely unprepared. Holly oh. grabbed two bottles of water and like a bag of wheat fins, and we took off and got to the tunnel. There were other cars there as well. And uh, we kind of parked up next to our neighbors and waited. Can you and, describe um, what you were all feeling at that time? Scared. Probably the most scared I've ever been in my entire life, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things you just you can't prepare for. Um, a natural disaster, I think you kind of somewhat, you've seen on TV, you might know, but to get that alert and be a resident of the United States to know that that would probably be like the first time that ever happened. Um and, of course, the situation really with North Korea, it's very much on everyone's mind, but particularly for you folks, because you're flat out a lot closer um, to right. that rogue nation than the rest of us on the mainland. So what goes on inside that tunnel? Um, we just pull off to the side. There's a, a shoulder there where you could pull off to the side, and we just sat and waited. And we're listening to the radio. Some stations were playing music. We switched over to AM radio, and they, they were playing the same alert that, you know, missile inbound. And then we started to see uh, our neighbors started to see um, some tweets come out, and, and we're trying to get a hold of other other friends. And then there other people were texting. You know, it, it seemed uh, I guess probably at that point for us it was about 30 minutes in um, that hey it was a false alarm, but we hadn't left yet because we didn't get another alert on our phone. So then there was kind of this moment of well, is this real or is this not real? Um, and, and so finally. We did get another alert, and then the um, um, Honolulu Police Department was also coming down the tunnel on the on their bullhorn there, saying that you know it, it was not a real threat. Um, it was safe to leave the uh, the tunnel. So definitely fearful. I mean, we were driving up through the tunnel. I was actually looking in the sky, looking for to see if there was some type of missile or something inbound coming. Yeah. So um, we were just trying to keep the kids calm. Because they were, they were definitely scared because we were too. So I'm sure that you've talked to an awful lot of folks who've had their own stories of uh, how they dealt with the terror of that false alarm, Kevin. Absolutely. Yeah, we've, uh, we actually sat outside last night and there was a group down the street and we were talking about it as well. So um, we've had to go back and kind of sit down and talk to our kids again and just say, hey, if this ever happens again, here's what we need to do. Um, both, both kids actually slept in the same bed. Uh, Saturday night and last night, so they're they're still a little shooken up by it. Um, um, it's it definitely definitely super scary. We actually came back, uh, made a plan. I uh, went and ordered ordered a survival kit for like four for like three days. Um, got another little suitcase. Have a checklist now of like what we need to do in case this happens again. So it was. Um, if anything, it it was a good lesson to know that we were extremely ill prepared as were most people, um, and in case it ever did happen, we definitely need to have a plan in place 
so that we could be more prepared for it for sure. Well, I really appreciate you, Kevin, um, sharing your story here with what is just in the dead of night. It's five hours back, so it's now coming up on 20 after 2 uh, on a Monday morning in Hawaii where you live. Uh, I know your wife was pretty upset to the point where she didn't feel she could really participate in the interview. Um, please give my very best to Holly. I remember her well, and she's just absolutely wonderful. And uh, you, you found a real gem in that girl. And uh, I'm glad that everybody is okay on the island of Hawaii. And thank you for sharing your story of the almost unimaginable terror of that false missile attack alarm. Kevin Wheeler in Hawaii, live on Good Morning Orlando. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. What a story. And there's 1.4 million stories like that, the population of the Hawaiian Islands. Now, how in the world did this colossal, terrifying mistake happen? More on that in a moment. Along, of course, with an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Heart stopping stories from those folks out in Hawaii. Kevin Wheeler joining us moments ago from the islands. And one hour ago, we had uh, Brett Tobin on, who um, uh, lives out there with his family. And uh, the common thread, of course, is the terror and the idea that, oh, my goodness, is it possible that we all have only moments to live? Is this real? Is it not? It's amazing. It turns out to be an awful but absolutely honest mistake by all accounts. According to the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency, um, what happened was this. There was a... There was a routine test that was done during a shift change at the Emergency Management Agency headquarters, and an employee involved in that routine test hit a live alert button mistakenly. It's incredible that this thing is so easy uh, to, to mess up. I mean, you can't have a situation like that. To trigger the alert, there's apparently a two-step process involving only one employee who both triggers the alarm and also confirms it. And then there's a screen that pops up and says, are you sure you want to do this when you hit the, we're triggering the alarm during the routine test at the shift change to keep all the employees up on what needs to happen if it's the real deal with an incoming missile. And the employee confirmed the alert and said, yeah, I do want to do this, and that was it. And the word popped up on screens all over the island of Hawaii. And uh, the screens all said, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii, seek immediate shelter, this is not a drill. took 38 minutes before the word went out when the state finally figured out what was going on and said, no missile threat to Hawaii. The system needs to be changed. It's not a federal problem. It's a state problem. It's their system. It's not a tr- let's blame Trump thing, as I told you earlier. The system needs to be changed. There needs to be better fail-safe mechanisms in place. But 38 minutes, Yaffe, when I think about that, it seems to me they should have been able to say no problem, you know, a lot sooner than that. I know. It kind of amazed me, this whole story, because you had two different things. One, you had the fact that it was so easy to put out the alert in the first place. And then two, you had the fact that there was no way to reverse it and put out another alert immediately that said, this isn't happening. So, um, yeah, crazy stuff. Absolutely frightening. I just can't imagine what it was like to be in Hawaii and, uh, and listen, we're going to have something very, very special for you on the backside of the news update here at the bottom of the hour. Moira is in the house. 
from 104.1, but she's got a special show coming up here on WFLA. As a matter of fact, the first show is this Friday. It's really different, and there's a live studio audience. We're going to talk all about that with Moira. Good morning, Orlando, and it's MLK Day 2018. And that's our first story as Tom gets us up to date. And for Deborah Roberts, here's Tom Alexander with our news. Tom? Thanks, bud. The nation is reflecting on the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on this third Monday of January, the day set aside every year to honor the birth of the late civil rights leader. It actually falls on his birthday this year. While the holiday was created in 1983 after President Reagan signed it into law, the movement to honor Dr. King's birthday actually began 15 years before that, just four days after he was assassinated in 1968. It was then that former Democratic Michigan Representative John Conyers submitted the first legislation to propose King's birthday as a national holiday. After years of petitions and mounting public pressure, the House of Representatives finally approved the holiday legislation in August of 1983, President Reagan signed it into law in November of that year. Dr. King is the only American besides George Washington to have a national holiday designated for his birthday. The first federal MLK holiday went into effect in 1986, though it wasn't adopted in all 50 states until 1999. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. That's some great history that's been largely lost. Appreciate you doing that, Tom. Thanks. What else is going on? Well, millennials get a lot of flack from older generations about being entitled and not wanting to work hard. And there's a new study that says millennials are better at one thing in particular than older generations. Well, you're a millennial, right? I am one. I am on the... The front end, I'm one of the oldest millennials. Millennial right. generation starts the year I was born. Yeah, so. Yeffy's a millennial here, so let's go on this. What are we talking about? All right, according to a new study from Discover, millennials are outperforming older generations when it comes to saving and managing their money. Hmm. The study finds 81% of millennials are currently saving in some way. That's compared to 74% of Gen Xers and 77% of baby boomers. Millennials are also more likely to put money aside when they're saving for a specific goal, like a vacation or a big car repair. That's interesting. Now, what's the psychology of that, I wonder exactly? Well, I mean, we're the generation who lived through the financial crisis in 2008. And if you think about the generation that lived through the Great Depression, yeah. my, you know, my grandparents, and, and they were all about saving money because they saw what could happen to it. And I think it had a large psychological effect on That's what I thought. That was my thinking exactly. And and a lot of millennials, as they were coming up, as they were kids, I mean, they they had these deep impressions of their folks all of a Mm -hmm. sudden being out of work and everything changing Mm -hmm. in the family. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you've heard the phrase from the penthouse to the outhouse? Yeah, I have. Well, one ultramarathon runner is having that happen to his career. He's being stripped of some of his titles because he's being accused of hiding in porta-potties to win races. Oh, really? Yes. Kelly Agnew was disqualified at Across the Years, which is a fixed time event in Arizona. It happens every new year. He was spotted registering laps without running the complete loop of the course. He's won this 48-hour race four times in the last three years. Uh, basically, you run as many miles as you can in 48 hours. And they were first suspicious because he won the race by more than 55 miles two years ago. And he was looking just a little too fresh. And he stopped seven running. hours before it ended. <laughs> this is kind of like a cousin to that famous, infamous story about the Boston Marathon years ago with his chick 
Rosie Ruiz jumped into the race in the middle, <laughs> came across, broke the tape, and claimed victory. Absolutely. Yeah. Not... Same kind of thing. Gee um, he's whiz. lost sponsors, and now he's <laughs> lost uh, first place titles at four other races. That is crazy. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thanks, bud. Tom Alexander in for the Deb Meister, who's taking the day off. will be back with us tomorrow. In a moment, Moira from 1041 in the Phillips file. She's on the show. What is she doing on with a Bud Man on WFLA? That's a great question, and one we will answer in a moment. Hint, she's got a new show here on our station, unlike anything that has ever been done in local radio. What is Moira's Mixed Company all about? No one knows more about that than my special guest, and a, a friend I've I've known for years. Moira, you and I agree on nothing politically, but that's not the point. We've always gotten along great, and you're a real pro and a legend in this town. Thank and you, uh, bud. Welcome aboard. Right after the break, Moira's Mixed Company. You tell us all about it? I will. All right. Something new and exciting, I think, and never before attempted in local radio that I'm aware of, and it will happen here on WFLA. On a regular basis, starting this Friday, January 19th, it is Moira's Mixed Company with a live studio audience. And, of course, it will star the one and only Moira from 104.1, our sister station, right across the uh, the hallway, who has been the heart and soul, along with Jim Phillips and others, of the amazing Phillips File success story on 104 for many, many years. Moira, you and I as uh, broadcasters have uh, gotten to know each other over the years and have always enjoyed each other's company, even though we Absolutely. don't necessarily see things the same way politically. And, 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 and the point is, we're looking at a show that basically is not driven by partisan politics. It's driven by things that don't necessarily get enough attention, I think, that, that you know, that, that are important topics. Right. And, uh, and, and we're not talking about politics for the most part when we talk about Moira's Mixed Company. Let's talk about your brand new show. First installment is this week. This Friday, 3 to 6 p.m., and uh, from 3 to 4, we will be here in the studio, right? I'm going to warm up your chair for you okay. uh, on Friday. And then from 4 to 6, we will have in our big studio across the way a studio audience of people. Moira's Mixed Company was the founded or you know created for uh, topics that your mother would say never to talk about in mixed company. Oh, okay. There's lots so, of them. <laughs> yes, correct. And so we're talking uh, this particular program is all about online dating. Um, and we have a live guest in studio who was one of the founders of one of these swipe programs. You know, you've heard of Tinder or Grind, these programs where you look for a picture on their app and you swipe your finger one way if you like them. You swipe your finger another way on your phone if you're not interested in them as a potential date. Mm -hmm. uh, so this man created, this young guy created this app called JSwipe. Uh, it's an offshoot of JDate, which is another big uh, this is a Jewish, uh, happens to be a Jewish uh, website yeah. um, where, you know, you can go there and find uh, a date, eHarmony, Match.com. People have all of these different ways of finding a date nowadays. Right. And that's what we're talking about this time on Friday on Mixed Company. So you start and you do an hour here in the studio. Then right. you go to the big studio with the live right. audience. We set the scene here. And you channel your inner Oprah and right. uh, folks get involved that in the correct. program with you, right? That's right. We interview people. 
on the dais, if you will, on the stage, if you, if you will. We'll have video cameras. We'll have a dinner party atmosphere. Everyone will be sitting at round tables. There'll be food and drink there as well. And then we will talk to the guest and come around with a wireless microphone mm-hmm. and talk to the audience, a la Oprah. And people will have a chance to share their stories and ask their questions. How do folks get involved in all of this with Moira's Mixed Company? Obviously, they can listen Correct. on WFLA and, yes. and with iHeartRadio and the app worldwide, 3 to 6 um, this Friday, and it's going to be the third Friday every month. Am I, think I correct? So. The yes. next one is February 16th and March 16th. We have the next three or four. Actually, the next six topics are planned, but we have, I'll just for your planning purposes to put in your Franklin planner, it's February 16th and March 16th. Yeah. And we're talking, we're really giving people a political respite. People, I think you're right, are politically weary from talking about all of this, and it gets people agitated and anxious. It's why I I make sure in our show that we have buffer topics, which are not politics, to give everybody a little relief. And your show is kind of all about that. It is. You know, it's things that people are dealing with and and a lot of up-to-date stuff, cutting-edge stuff, like, you know, like this computer dating and everything else um, that are not partisan politics. And I think that's a great thing. Can you give us a look ahead at at what you're going to be getting into in in future episodes? You got some ideas already? Yes, of course. We are going to talk, I think, in February... The topic is going to be uh, diets don't work. And is it okay to be fat? (laughs) We are going to talk to different people. Everybody struggles sometime in their life. Well, most people do. I know I have. Oh, me too. About up, down, you know, the yo-yo dieting. And this time of year is when people often recommit themselves to losing weight. First of the year, they make a New Year's resolution to do something about their, you know, their, their diet. So I think in February, we may be talking about diets don't work or comma, is it okay to be fat? Sure. You know, so that is the, the struggle that we will talk about probably in February. All right. Now, listen, now that's for look, first things first, though. Let's let's focus let's on, on this Friday. Yes. Okay. Moira's mixed company. Yes, sir. I mean, can can folks get involved in this studio audience? They, of course, they can come. They can absolutely come in. But I would like them to register for a seat because we have a limited yeah, space. Sure. How do we do that? Available. They can actually now go to Moira's Mixed Company dot com. Moira, M-O-I-R-A, Moira's Mixed Company dot com. It will take you to the form. You fill out the form and then we will call you and let you know if there's a seat available. I think there are still seats available and I would really like for people to go on the website, Moira's Mixed Company dot com. It will forward you to the right place and just put in the keyword Moira. And there you'll have the application and reserve your seat because I want to have a full house. I know it's going to be so much fun, but I cannot wait. You are so excited. Um, What is it that has you just so pumped about this show? It's a chance to do, um, to A, talk to people, to talk about things that are interesting to me, to make, uh, to carve away for the next chapter in in my professional career. I was a news person. I, I feel like I'm coming home sitting here. Yeah. You know, I started on AM, I started in news talk radio, sure. and now I am now coming home to news radio. So I am, I am happier than I, I can be. We're talking about sure. whether it's race, religion, uh, you know, I, I always say it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We're talking about all of it <laughs> and things that you may be a little bit um, not awkward. I am excited because it gives me an opportunity to interview people, to talk to people in the studio audience, and to... Uh, to sort of make a difference, and, and there's, there's nothing else like it, and I think that that's what makes me the most uh, uh, enthusiastic about the upcoming Friday show. Well, Moira, welcome to WFLA, and this Friday from 3 until 6, Thank don't you, miss sir. it. It is Moira's Mixed Company.
Find out all about it on our website, uh, News Radio 1025, 1025 WFLA, keyword Moira. All your stuff is right up there. Moira, yes, thank you and have a great day. Thank you, bud. All right, good deal. Good morning, Orlando. Martin Luther King Day 2018. And we're live here in Good Morning, Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000 Watt Front Porch and our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Tom Alexander, in for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning people across the country celebrate the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and North Korea threatens to back out of the Olympics. We'll have details coming up in one minute. And the very latest on how it could have happened, that false alarm on a missile attack in Hawaii. It's coming up along with Open Mind Monday on this hour of Good Morning Orlando. Coming up on 8.04 now on News Radio 102.5. Today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and there are events across Central Florida. The city of Orlando is having a day of service in honor of the occasion today. There's also a Unity Celebration in Ocoee, as well as a Unity Heritage Festival in Winter Park. There are parades in Ocoee, Oviedo, and Apopka. There's also a vigil tonight at Rollins College in Winter Park. In Brevard County, programs start this morning at 9.30 with a peace march in Melbourne that will go from the Dr. Martin Luther King Public Library on University Boulevard to the Civic Auditorium. Titusville is holding a parade at 11, and a peace march will be held at 2 o'clock in Cocoa. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. As fast as they said they were joining the Winter Olympics, North Korea is now threatening to pull out of the Winter Olympics, which will be held next month in South Korea. The state-run Korean Central News Agency made the threat today after South Korean President Moon Jae-in praised President Donald Trump in a speech last week. The isolated communist country's media outlet said the speech chilled the atmosphere for any reconciliation between the North and South. Moon said in his speech that President Trump deserves big credit for bringing about the inter-Korean talks. President Trump's former wife, Ivana, is defending her ex-husband on British morning television today. Is he a racist in your experience? I don't think Donald's racist at all. Ivana Trump told Piers Morgan on ITV's Good Morning Britain that sometimes he says things that are silly or that he doesn't mean, but she insists he's not racist. The president reportedly made vulgar remarks about Haiti and countries in Africa during an Oval Office closed-door meeting last week. Last night, here in Florida, Trump said he's the least racist person the reporters had ever interviewed. This morning in London, his former wife said, with so many people telling the president what to say, sometimes gets confusing. And three people are being held without bond in Osceola County, charged with killing a woman whose body was found in Ormond Beach last week. Sheriff's Office says 42-year-old Janice Zengotita Torres was the unintended victim of a murder-for-hire plot. Ishnar Ramos is accused of hiring Alex Rivera and Glorian Marie Montez to kill a woman in a relationship with a man Ramos claimed to love. However, that woman was actually Zengotita Torres's co-worker. And a casino ferry boat goes up in flames in the Gulf of Mexico just off Pasco County Sunday sending dozens of passengers leaping into the cold water near the shore. Port Ritchie Police Chief Gerard DeCanio says they were pretty lucky. The operator of the boat realized he had some issues and he was going to, in the process of turning the boat around to go back to their dock when he noticed the fire out in the engine room. He ended up right here off at a harbor point. Uh, our officers responded. Two of my officers jumped, actually jumped in the water to assist the people that were jumping off the boat while it was on fire. The boat was headed to an offshore ship for legal gambling when the flames started. The captain grounded the boat as close as he could to land. 
You've been on that boat, right, Tom? Yeah, it is not a very big boat. There were about 50 people on board this thing apparently yesterday, but uh, it's you know it's two decks and it's I it's frightening to think that there'd be flames breaking out on there. There's not many places to go. Yeah, it's right offshore, and it was um, it was 43 degrees. It was cold. The water's chilly, but you know not extreme being Florida and the and the Gulf, and uh, everybody just abandoned ship and everybody was saved. It's, yeah, uh, it's remarkable. Yeah, they were fortunate. Just minor injuries. No mm-hmm. one no one died. Yep. WFLA News Time Now, 8.07. A Wisconsin school is apologizing for a homework assignment on slavery. Get the details at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Tom. Tom Alexander in for Deb this morning. Yaffe producing. Stephanie is screening. Can you imagine the terror Saturday morning on the island of Hawaii, home to nearly a million and a half people, when the alert went up on TV screens and phone screens everywhere? Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Turned out to be a false alarm. But um, these are some of the folks who were terrified and will never forget Saturday morning with the false missile attack alert. Listen. It was the worst 20 minutes of my life. I thought that was the end. Kids are crying, and nobody really knew what to do. We were kind of frantic. I called my mom. She wouldn't let me hang up on the phone with her. She said, I want to be here just in case it happens, and it was really sad. We're going to get a live report from News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer on how in the world this could have happened, and, and what is the status of our missile defense systems and alert systems for all of the United States. We'll do that before we have our Open Mind Monday opportunity for you to call in and sound off on the topic of your choice at 407-916-5400. Get in early. Text line always open. Uh, 23680 there. Standard message and data rate supply. But before we do anything else, I want to help you win $1,000, okay? We'll be friends forever, right? Uh, Stay tuned for our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest right now. Listen for the key word of the hour, then text that word to 200-200, and you could win 1,000 smackers. Stay tuned. We'll have that and an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic as well in only two minutes on News Radio 102.5 WFL. Boy, it was absolutely terrifying and heart-stopping by all accounts on the island of Hawaii when this alert false alarm that it was Saturday morning went up on screens everywhere from phones to TVs. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. And it took a while before uh, it was revealed that this was a false alarm and it was just a horrible but innocent mistake by all accounts. Finally, the all clear, no missile threat to Hawaii. Earlier, we talked live to a couple of connections that I have with folks on the Hawaiian Islands who told their own personal stories of how terrifying it was with their family and, and what they were doing to, to try and be ready to survive an incoming missile attack. And with, of course, the North Korean situation, uh, no one in the States any more uh, on edge than the folks in Hawaii. Bill Zimfer has been following all of this drama and this story from all angles our News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zim for joining us here, and good morning to you. Thanks for coming by, Bill. No problem, Bud. Good to be with you. Let's get everybody up to speed who was watching football all weekend and has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, that missile alert uh, signifying an incoming ballistic missile went out 
a Saturday morning in Hawaii, so not the way you want to start your weekend. It went to cell phones. It went to broadcast, as you mentioned, and uh, it caused people, of course, to panic. Uh, you're never quite sure what you'll do until you get a message like that. Uh, people started looking for safe spaces. We saw a video of people going into the sewers. We saw people uh, going into internal areas of buildings trying to find a safe space. And as you mentioned, it wasn't until 38 minutes later that another message was sent out saying it was a mistake, that there was no incoming missile. But for that 38 minutes, there were a lot of tense moments. And, of course, Hawaii has been on this state of alert really since uh, last year when they decided to reactivate their alert system. We're testing sirens just in case uh, because it became known that North Korea did have the capability to send a uh, ballistic missile that could reach Hawaii right. and perhaps the U.S. mainland as well. But Hawaii, the, the nearest U.S. Uh, state to North Korea, of course, and uh, it would be right in the line of fire. So uh, no surprise that Hawaii has this alert system, but a couple of surprises as to how it got out and why it took so long to get a corrective message out as well. Yeah, as we understand it, there's a two-step process involving only one employee on a shift change. They do a test, and, yep. you know, you, you hit one button, you trigger the alarm, and uh, you have to hit another one to actually confirm it, and this guy went ahead and hit that second button when he should not have. It's incredible, is it not, that we have a system that can be um, abridged that easily. Yeah, by one person. And uh, that's changing immediately. Hawaii's emergency management has already said it will now require two people to go through this process to trigger and then confirm any kind of message that goes out. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and you better believe, Bud, that every state in the country and the federal government is now looking at their own protocols for, for how they handle these situations. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I know the president says, and again, this was not this is not a blame Trump issue here. This is a state right. system. But he says the, uh, you know, the feds are getting involved. The FCC is doing an investigation. Uh, any indication of what kind of changes we might see throughout our nuclear defense system and our nuclear alert system nationwide? Well, the alert system is handled uh, basically by the, the military as the one who will issue the initial alert to the individual states who will then get the word out that way. Uh, the changes, I think the changes will be, number one, that there should be a standard protocol for sending out these type of alerts on the state system, on the state level. And number two, there should be an easier process to either, number one, cancel or, number two, uh, readjust or correct a mistaken uh, message. It should be easier to do that and much quicker to do that. I think that's how the FCC is going to get involved. Any final words on the situation out in Hawaii before you go, Bill? Well, the only other thing is, uh, you know, the, the professional golfers were out there as well. And uh, uh -huh. you can imagine, be, <laughs> they were on tour out in Hawaii. You can imagine being out on a golf course and all of a sudden having all the cell phones go off and, and seeing what's happening there. I could use a one-iron joke on this, but I will not. <laughs> Bill Zimfer, News Radio 1025 <laughs> National Correspondent, the best. Thank you very much for coming by. We really appreciate the update for folks just joining us here in the 8 o'clock hour, Bill. Thank you. You're welcome, bud. Open Mind Monday, and I pose the question. President Trump facing renewed charges that he is a racist. Do you think he is? I do not. But it's your show on Open Mind Monday. Carlos, you're up, and good morning from Orlando, Carlos. Hi, good morning. Is he a racist or not? Yes, it is. And what evidence do you bring to the table that he is? Plenty of evidence out there. It's 
People don't see it. They have their eyes closed. Well, but you need to be more specific. It's a serious charge. What tells you that President Trump, without question, is a racist, Carlos? And he just hung up. I guess evidence might be a little hard to come by. Let's go to Joe in Orlando on Martin Luther King Day. Welcome to Open Mind Monday, Joe. Uh, yeah, I wanted to judge him by the content of his character. Um, so I wanted to just share that he claimed to be a Baptist preacher, but he denied the virgin birth. And uh, he was also surrounded by communists. And uh, that's why RFK wiretapped him, and then they found out he was a pervert also. So in your book, Martin Luther King should not be worthy of a holiday in his name. Well, you were just asking the last guy for evidence, and I gave you two great pieces. So it's not really my book. It's the facts. And a notorious womanizer, I think. I mean, it's been established you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt as well, you know, kind of living uh, uh, a life uh, with, with a measure of hypocrisy to it. Um, and Joe, thank you very much. You know, I mean, there are you know, people are complicated. Martin Luther King was not a saint, okay? He did a lot of very important things to forward the cause of racial harmony, or if not harmony, then certainly equality in this country. And for that, he is to be revered. But there are the other elements of the MLK story. 407-916-5400, if you want to weigh in on that, whether or not Trump was a racist or not, anything else you want to talk about, it's Open Mind Monday as we charge toward the 9 o'clock hour. Tom uh, Alexander joining us now for a news update at the bottom of the hour. And, of course, it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day all across the country and here in our own backyard. Let's talk about it, shall we? Thanks, bud. There are events across Central Florida today to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The city of Orlando is having a day of service today in honor of the occasion. There are celebrations in Ocoee and Winter Park, Unity Festivals, as well as parades in Ocoee, Oviedo, and Apopka. In Brevard County, the programs start in about an hour with a peace march in Melbourne that will go from the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Library on University Boulevard to the Civic Auditorium. There's also a parade in Titusville at 11 and a peace march at 2 o'clock in Coco. The news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A woman who says she got sick of dating humans decided to look elsewhere for a life partner to another plane of existence mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah, I can't wait for this story. <laughs> 45-year-old Amanda Teague of Northern Ireland and her new husband, Jack, got married on a boat in international waters so that their marriage would be legal. The reason there was a question about that is because Jack is a ghost. Come on. An actual spirit, not on this plane of existence. Teague says Jack was a Haitian pirate who was executed for his crimes in the 1700s. She happens to be a female Captain Jack Sparrow impersonator, Ah. and she thinks their pirate connection is what brought them together. First as friends before they fell in love. She says Jack is a powerful spirit who can turn lights on and off and move things in our world. So I, I have a question about this. <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot. I do too. <laughs> so you know the how do you, what do you do the part of the ceremony when you say until death do us part? 
<laughs> he's been dead since 17-something. Right, that's a great point, Yaffe. <laughs> you can't say that. He's already dead. Stephanie, uh, so Stephanie, what? do we need to retool the vows here in this case? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> this is like the craziest thing I've ever heard. I will tell you that in order for Jack to be able to say, I do, during the ceremony, they had to use a psychic medium. And uh, his oh, physical representation in the photos was a skull and crossbones flag. So I've seen some pretty funny photos of a woman in a full-on white <laughs> wedding gown standing next to a pirate flag this morning. Hey, listen, you you pay me enough, I'll dress up and have my crystal ball ready to go and say, yeah, that's what he's saying, that's it, yep, that's it. Now, uh, Amanda has five children with her human ex-husband. She says her family is supportive of the new relationship. I, I think... Okay, I mean, Thanksgiving dinner is going to be interesting <laughs> every year. Okay, Jack, would you uh, please just move the mashed potatoes? Let us know you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I think this chick and the ghost deserve each other. They're both nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. Seems that way. Is that it? I got one more for you. Do it. The California Highway Patrol <laughs> does not let a humorous uh, act stop officers from writing tickets for people who cheat in the carpool lane. The Highway Patrol tweeted a picture of a suspect vehicle which had a Chucky doll from the film Child's Play in the front seat of the scary, car scary. to try and violate the carpool lane. <laughs> Chucky I, I is, don't get it. I mean, that he didn't violate it then. Well, Chucky was right. There. You had to have a passenger, I guess, Chucky. Chucky doesn't count in the eyes of California Highway Patrol. Oh, uh, Don't now, tell Chucky that. There's <laughs> <laughs> no sense of humor. <laughs> no. None. Now, Chucky's also the nickname of uh, Oakland Raiders' new head coach, John Gruden, who just came back, and this happened in the Northern California area. So, Because of course, when things get intense in a football game, when he used to coach, he would get that same twisted-up look in his face yes. that Chucky exhibits. Yeah, that, that's where that comes like from. Him. He's been out of coaching for a while, but we're going to see that again next season we with the Raiders. We sure will. So the Highway Patrol t- tweeted, we know John Gruden is back and we love it too, but this will not work as your carpool passenger. A for effort, but here's your ticket. Nice try. Good stuff, Tom. Thanks, bud. Tom Alexander in for Deb this morning. Um, Arthur's on the line with his take from Palm Bay on the question I posed to chum the waters for Open Mind Monday. Trump is being charged in multiple circles, with being a racist. They've ratcheted it up off his comments about those blank hole countries last week. I don't think this president is a racist. I want to know what you think. Arthur's on the line, but I've got room for you. Is Trump a racist or not? And what evidence can you cite either way? 407-916-5400. Text line up, open at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. You know, on this MLK Day, we got the president defending himself against renewed charges that he is a racist, which I do not believe him to be for a minute. Here is Arthur in Palm Bay on Open Mind Monday. Good morning, Arthur. Good morning, Budman. What do you think? I have no doubt at all. President Trump is not a racist. He's not. What I think is the people on the left, they're trying to do everything to bring this president down. Yes, they are. So they will spread all the propaganda, think people are going to bite. But most people are not going to bite. Because like Herman Cain says, they think we're stupid, but we are not stupid. So President Trump is not a racist. So they can keep running this thing about him as a racist. And they can do whatever they do, but he's going to be the president. And he is the president, and he will be the president. Thank you, Arthur. Good take on that on Open Mind Monday. Now let's go to Alamon Springs and bring in Paul. You're on with the Bud Man, and good morning to you, Paul. Good morning, Bud. Um, thank you for your last caller, Mr. Arthur. Absolutely. I guess all the financial benefits that this president has 
brought only benefit white people. And all those he employs, he only employs white people, all these uh, reporters and Democrats. How many minorities do they employ? I would like to know that. Also, that lady over there in Ireland, you know, in Pirates of the Caribbean, there were two jacks. How does she know she didn't marry the monkey? He was pretty clever. <laughs> I don't know, he Paul. tricked her. It's the craziest darn story. Okay, interesting. I appreciate that. Um, okay, uh, let's see. What are we doing here? Oh, but I have some texts on if Trump is a racist. Go ahead, hit you it, Yaffy. Yeah, yeah, go, go for that. it, yep. Uh, yeah, one person says, uh, Trump racist? If Trump believes that God loves a specific group of people because of their race, then yes, he is a racist. I'm not really sure what the texture was going at. I don't know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't exactly know what firm ground she's standing on there. Go ahead, or he. Yes, and um, one person made this point, which Rand Paul made over the weekend. If Trump were a racist, he wouldn't have made a very large donation to Dr. Rand Paul when he and other doctors traveled to Haiti to perform over 200 eye surgeries. And that was before Trump was running for president when he did that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely that was a, right. Yeah, Rand was Paul a great, kept bringing that up over the weekend. It was a great interview by Rand Paul, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't agree with him on every issue, okay? But he is intellectually honest and always well-reasoned in what he has to say. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, he was someone who did not support Trump initially when Trump first ran in the primaries. No. Rand Paul was very critical of him, but he's uh, been reasonable with Trump since then. Yeah, absolutely true. And and as I said earlier in the show, I think on this MLK Day, an awful lot of minorities, and blacks in particular, ought to be backing this president, not bashing him incessantly, okay? That's the easy thing to do. Follow the line, okay? And it's easy to hop on board the anti-Trump train. But his policies of tax reform, tax relief, deregulation, pro-business are causing this climate to explode, okay? And it is to the benefit in the latest unemployment numbers that came out last Friday after the show. To the African-American community, in a degree we've never saw under the administration of the first black president, Barack Obama, black unemployment is down to 6.8% nationally in this country, the lowest since they first kept records on that in 1972. Nothing was going on that was positive in the job realm under Obama. And the opportunities for minority America and all Americans, but particularly for blacks in this country, are undeniably and frankly exponentially better under Trump than than Obama. Why can't you back him more and bash him less? Think about it. Now we're going to think about more pleasant things. We're going to play our sound judgment game before we leave the air. Our Monster Jam tickets for Camping World Stadium this weekend. Take your kids. You're going to love it. It's great family fun, and it's a fantastic prize. That's what we're playing for. If you haven't won in 30 days, the company says you're eligible. I want Open Mind Monday contestants to go. We'll catch you next time. I want to have sound judgment contestants call quickly if you haven't won in the last 30 days. 407-916-5400. You're going to Monster Jam on us. 
and to be a hero to your kids in particular and have a great, great time with your family. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. We're playing a game next. Where we are ready to give away a great prize to our winner on Sound Judgment. Let's talk about that prize, Steph. That's right, bud. So today we have a wonderful pair of tickets to Monster Jam, Saturday, January 20th, 2018 at Camping World Stadium. Monster Jam is fun for the whole family and features some of the most recognizable trucks in the world, including Grave Digger, Max D, Monster Mutt, and more. Tickets start at $15. Visit 1025WFLA.com. Keyword events for more info. But if you're a winner, you got great seats to Monster Jam on us. And are you ready? Here we go. The Jacksonville Jaguars upset the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh Sunday and are now just one victory away from playing in the Super Bowl. Their quarterback, of course, is UCF grad Blake Bortles. I want you to listen to one of Bortles' key touchdown passes Sunday. Then use your sound judgment to tell me this. What was the last season Blake Bortles quarterbacked the UCF Knights? Play action. Bortles upstairs, wide open. Tommy Bohannon, touchdown Jacksonville. 45-42, the Jags are winners. And uh, Bortles, a lot better yesterday than many had believed he could be. When was the last season that he quarterbacked our UCF Knights? Line one, go ahead. I'm guessing uh, 2014. No, but close. 407-916-5400. That line is open. Let's go to line two. Give me the year, line two. I'm guessing, but 2013. Yes, that's the answer. (laughs) Yeah. And they beat Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl to top it off. Only one loss that year, and Bortles was the man. Um, you're going to Monster Jam on us. I hope you're going to uh, enjoy that prize as much as uh, as I do. Every time we go to Monster Jam, we just love it. Fantastic. Thanks, bud. Yeah, good deal. Nice to have you with us here on MLK Day. Give me your first name and tell me where you're calling in from. I'll pop you a note. Yeah, this is Glenn from Moss Park. All right, Glenn, good deal. Double N on the back of Glenn, right? You got it, bud. And I haven't heard you in a while, so I know you're playing by the rules. You haven't won in the last month, which the company says... Uh, is the rule, right? I'm over, correct. Uh, you're awesome. Terrific. Thank you. Don't go away. You and Stephanie, our screener, are going to have an all-fair conversation to get you those Monster Jam tickets ASAP. Okay, my friend? Thanks, bud, very much. Yeah, thank you, and thanks, as always, for being a part of our show, one of our faithful listeners for years, Glenn, out in Moss Park, going to Monster Jam. Fantastic. Yaffe, those games yesterday were just flat-out unbelievable. You know why the NFL, for all their problems, and some of them self-inflicted for sure, is absolutely king when it comes to sports. I mean, on a weekend, to put together four days as just entertaining, and three of them going right down to the wire was as good as it gets and better than that. And it's uh, destiny, bud, that the Jags will beat your Patriots next week. Because? It's just because Bortles is from UCF. Yes. UCF had an amazing year. It's just carrying over. Undefeated. There's something in the air nationally. about UCF right now. You I don't, don't know think Brady, Belichick, and company can overcome that? You think that the that it's the die is de- cast? Destiny has passed from the Patriots to the Jaguars. But. Do, uh, based on that, then, I just need to flat out take next Monday off because I'll be grieving <laughs> a Patriots loss? Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. You, I mean... You're out of your mind. <laughs> I don't think we can work together. <laughs> I think I'm going to take tomorrow off. As a matter of fact, I need to take tomorrow off, and I'm going to do that. You'll be uh, running the show here tomorrow morning and That's taking right. calls, and the text line will be wide open 
and uh, it'll be absolutely terrific. So that's the deal there. Uh, we've wrapped things up. If you want to check our interviews with a couple of people that I'm connected to out in Hawaii over that false missile alert, uh, go to the podcast on our website, 1025wfla.com, keyword Budman. It's right there for you. For Tom and for Deb, for Yaffe, for Steph, the Budman, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.